What is up, YouTube? Welcome in to another episode of Midday with Trey and BK right here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. We are live. It is Friday, August 25th, 20 and 23. Happy Friday to you and yours. And Trey, we've got college football tomorrow, my friend, and that is a beautiful thing. Yes, it is, BK, even though it is week zero and there are a couple of intriguing matchups. It is mostly crap, but it's still football and it matters a little bit more, actually a lot a bit more than preseason NFL games right now, too. We are in a great spot in the year. Absolutely. Absolutely. College football starts tomorrow. Of course, we're eight days away from the start of the Texas Longhorn season. And obviously next Saturday, week one of the college football season when most teams will open up their schedule. But, uh, man, football season is officially upon us, and that is great, great news. We've got plenty to talk about today. A lot of college football conversation, including a mock draft for the 2024 NFL draft that is giving the Longhorns a ton of love, plus an unfortunate injury that we have to talk about with Texas, some bull projections, and uh, some feedback and commentary on what Big 12 Commissioner Brett Yormark had to say earlier this week. Trey and I have not gotten the chance to talk about Yormark's comments together, so we'll get into that a little bit later in the show. We'll have where we added society, and we'll also have a story of a disgusting-looking dish being served in my homeland that uh, is worth bringing up but also might make you throw up when you see it. I love adventurous eating BK, but I have to admit that this particular dish is throwing me off so much visually. It is going to make it difficult to ever actually try if I get the chance. Oh, man. So we will uh, show the picture of what Trey is talking about a little bit later in today's show. Hey, real quick, I heard you preview this with Buck this morning, but I didn't hear the story itself. What happened to you on your drive back from Galveston yesterday? Oh, I got this. Oh, oh, speeding ticket. What county? Just a warning. Okay. And it wasn't for speeding. Take a guess why I got pulled over. Hopefully our uh, YouTube commenters don't spoil this for you. See if you can guess why I got pulled over in Austin County in Belleville, Texas, whatever the hell that is. Was it? Looking at your phone? It was not. I could have gotten popped for that a couple of times yesterday. Was it, I don't know, distracted driving? I give up. If it's not speeding, I mean, you're you're on the highway, so it's not like running a stop sign. I committed one of the most heinous crimes that you could possibly commit, Trey. Uh-oh. And I'm lucky to not be in jail because of what I did Didn't on the highway. Did you change lanes? Nope, I always do that. I'm good with that. Even worse, I did not have a front license plate on my car. That is the law in Texas. If you I didn't know that. Vehicle. Yeah. I literally was talking to the cop, dude. I've So I'm 29 now, right? I've had my license since I was 16. I don't think I've ever had a front license plate on any vehicle that I've ever driven, and I have not been pulled over once until yesterday. Wow, that is kind of surprising because I have heard of people getting pulled over for that, but how do you not have a front license plate on your car? Did you buy the car in Oklahoma or something? No, it's got a Texas plate. I just, I, I assume I got both a front and a back license plate. I just never put the front one on because I have never thought I had to. Oh, so you actually have a spot on the front of your car for a license plate also because some cars don't come with that. I don't even know. I mean, I drive an Altima, so probably. Like, I feel like the cars that don't come with that are a hell of a lot cooler than a Nissan Altima. So <laughs> I, I assume there's a place to put a plate, but I I don't know. And I don't know where my front plate is or if I even have one. Wow. Oh, how about this comment from uh, AR Platinum? Someone stole my front plate and ran up tolls. Yikes. That's brutal. Yeah. Yeah, well, I better move, by the way. You're going to steal the front plate and cost that person money, too. That's what you do with the license plate, huh? You just run up and down toll roads as often as you can. Ah, what a badass that guy was. My God. So, yeah, that was it. Oh, 
BK, I can top that. The Bevo Lanch has no license plates on it at all. The heck are you driving that thing around Austin? You got to have at least a back plate everywhere you go in this country. I thought you did. Apparently, you have to have a front plate on, too. Who knows? Who knows? So there you go. There's that random story. Uh, if you want to catch the Buck and I talking about it, you can find the podcast of Bucky and BK wherever you get your podcast, Spotify, Apple, and, of course, right here on YouTube. Okay, Trey, I mentioned it at the start of the show. We've got a 2024 NFL mock draft, and I'm a mock slut. I think Kevin Dunn is the guy who actually deserves credit for coming up with that term because he's called himself that a number of times in the past. I think every college and NFL fan likes mock drafts, right? Because it's just a combination of the two things that we love more than anything in the world. And I will look at mock drafts the day after drafts end. Like I am all about this 24 7, 365. See, mock drafts are fun because of the hypotheticals that it creates. If we were going based strictly on accuracy of guesses for these mock drafts, well, Let's be honest, mock draft professionals are uh, a lot like meteorologists and that there's a whole, whole lot of get it, guessing without knowing what's truly going on. But you love it for the hypotheticals, for the hypotheticals of where Texas guys might go in the first round and what team they end up on and what other teams may acquire throughout that process, too. I'll tell you what, I hope Matt Miller's first 2024 NFL mock draft is right, because if it is then our Texas Longhorns are going to have a pretty damn good season in 2023. I've spoken with Matt Miller in the past on my ESPN show, BK, and he is a self-admitted Longhorns fan. So there may be a tiny bit of bias here, but it's not like we haven't seen these guys on other mock drafts too, though. That's a great point. Yeah, I've looked at a bunch of mock drafts for 2024, and you are seeing a few Longhorns pop up in the first round in a few of them. So, this one is giving the Longhorns a ton of love. Three first-round picks for Texas in 2024. Quinn Ewers, Xavier Worthy, and Jatavion Sanders. That is an eye-opener right there. And I think what's an even bigger eye-opener, and this is the thing that really caught me off guard, because like you said, you know, we've seen mock drafts with Ewers going in the first round. We've seen mock drafts with Worthy going in the first round. Same thing with JT Sanders. I don't think I've seen a mock draft that has Quinn Ewers going in the top 10. And Matt Miller has the Longhorn signal caller going number eight to the Washington Commanders. Okay, yeah, that is interesting. Washington Commanders, I mean, you want to talk about something that's very much up in the air right now. The uh, Washington Commanders are uh, obviously about to start a second-year kid who does have pro prospects, obviously. And if he has a good enough season in 2023 now, I think most of us expect the commies to not be very good, especially because they're playing in such a tough division, then they don't have a needed quarterback necessarily. So um, is that a bit of a reach by, uh, by Matt Miller? Maybe, but there's also the chance that we see uh, we see a flame out at quarterback for Washington and they do want to fill that need in the top 10. Yeah. I mean, we saw three quarterbacks go in the top five this past year. So even though sometimes going into NFL seasons, it feels like eh, there aren't a lot of teams that might need quarterbacks. It always works itself out to where there are at least a few teams that are desperate to address the most important position in the sport. And look, Quinn Ewers, number eight overall, he's the third quarterback off the board. I mean, Caleb Williams going 1-1. I think that's the consensus projection right now. Uh, Drake May, the kid out of North Carolina, going three to Tampa Bay in this Matt Miller mock draft. And then once again, Ewers, going number eight to Washington. So I don't, you know, look, I mean, with what Quinn Ewers did last year, yeah, it's pretty far-fetched to think that he is going to be a top 10 pick, but obviously the talent that this kid has and what the expectations were for him coming out of South Lake Carroll, if he puts it together this year, I don't think it's the most far-fetched thing in the world to think that Quinn Ewers does have a shot to be a top 10 pick. For the record, I would hate for him to go to Washington if he is that good this year. That abyss of a franchise and i realize dan snyder no longer owns the team but i have no faith in them getting it figured out and maybe sam howell does have a uh, bad enough 2023 campaign that they are looking at quarterback <laughs> i hope they're decent enough or he's decent enough to where that's not an option for quinn at the end of the year because if he's going to go mm. eight he will very likely go nine or ten if that selection isn't made yeah i don't know i mean i 
I, I think Washington's going to be able to turn some things around now that Dan Snyder's gone. Like you might be right. It might take them a while and it's hard to have a lot of faith in them this year. I think their coach is getting fired this year. So there's still more turnover, I think coming to the commies, but with Dan Snyder out of the picture, I don't think they are that abyss that you're talking about anymore. Yeah, but it's like such a deep hole that they're having to dig out of right now to your to what you just said. I mean, it is going to take a while. It's probably going to take five years, if not more. Mm, yeah, so Ewers going eight. What type of year does Quinn Ewers have to have to actually make this a legitimate conversation and not just a pipe dream for Longhorn fans? Oh, gosh. Over 3,000 yards, 30 to 40 touchdowns, maybe like three to five interceptions. He does something like that and – maybe even more importantly is helping this team win football games versus losing some of the games that we lost last year because Quinn Ewers wasn't very good. Then all of those will, uh, will play into that potential that was there coming out of South Lake uh, Carroll high school. I mean, a lot of people thought that he would, you know, he was essentially advancing that clock, not only for NIL, but also getting to the NFL that much quicker too. And so he still has the chance to do that. I um, am excited to see him exceed what are starting to feel like really lofty expectations for him this year. Man, if he goes 30 to 40 touchdowns and only four or five picks, then he's going to be in New York at the end of the year, and he might be higher than number eight overall in the draft. Um, I, you know, I, I don't think that interception number is feasible. I think he could get to 30 touchdowns. I think he has to get to 3,000 yards. Like I, I expect him to get to 3,500 yards or more this season. And I think that's, you know, maybe a minimum for him to be in that top 10 conversation. But yeah, man, if he can, if he can put up the numbers that you're talking about, then we're, we're going to have something really, really special here in Austin. Yeah. The reason he probably doesn't end up with just five interceptions is twofold. One that does take a little bit of luck, even with accurate passers, but two, he's a risk taker. And sometimes as a risk taker, you try something that not only doesn't work out, it can end up going the other direction. And hopefully he is a little bit more calculated with taking those risks this year versus some of the careless ways that he was handling the football or throwing the football or trying to get rid of the ball at times last year that were leading to direct turnovers. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. So you were going eight, Xavier Worthy going 18 to Miami, which about his speed with Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. Are you kidding me? Yeah. yeah, that's that's impossible to stop if you're an opposing defense in the NFL. Uh, look, two years ago, yeah. Worthy's freshman year, like it's like, oh, yeah, this dude is for sure a first-round pick. Like uh, As soon as he can come out, he's going in the first round. And then last year happens. And, well, he played the second half of last season with a broken hand, but still, it was a bad year for Xavier Worthy. Now, I think that's a legitimate excuse, right? He's struggled catching the football okay well if you have a broken hand I assume that makes it a little bit tougher to catch the football but if Worthy can show freshman year Xavier Worthy again or maybe even be a little bit better than what he was in 2021 then yeah I think him being a top 20 pick definitely a first round pick is very realistic I agree I don't necessarily agree with Matt Miller having the Dolphins selecting him though I think they're going to have enough other needs that they're not going to look to add one more wide receiver because I believe Tyree kills under contract for at least a couple more seasons after this one. And then Jalen Waddle is in, is it year two of his rookie year? Year three. Year three. So the team does have the option on year five because he was a first round pick. So he's going to have two years after this season too. But uh, I do believe that Xavier Worthy is capable of becoming a first-round pick when it's all said and done. Ultimately, though, I don't think it happens. I think there are enough questions that exist about his attitude and then also his hands that he may still end up as a guy who goes in the second or third round. But first round is a, a little bit of a different beast, even at a, an electric position like wide receiver. Yeah, I hope he does, right? I hope he is in the mix there because that means he does put up something close to a 1,000-yard season or something a little better than a 1,000-yard season, which is going to make this offense a lot more dynamic and explosive because when that guy's right, I mean, he he gets open and he's got that uh, ability to take the top off the defense too. So uh, that speed in the open space could be a lot of fun if Xavier Worthy gets things back on track. He also plays with a tenacity as a smaller guy, BK, that plays very well in the National Football League when obviously the physicality within the sport goes up greatly. But 
I'll be curious to see what Chris Jackson has done with regards to Xavier Worthy and the case of the dropsies that he's had for his first two years here. I know that people like to point to the fact that he had, I don't necessarily believe that it was broken, but an injured hand. If nothing else, it was a bruised hand last year that was affecting his ability to catch the football. He didn't have that excuse as a true freshman. And while he made plenty of plays and was first team all conference, he also led the conference in drops too. So uh, I, I don't know if somebody has asked him about what he has worked on the most in the offseason. I'd like to think it's securing that football when it's coming in because if he can do that, it is one of the true few weaknesses in his game. You're going conspiracy theory with Xavier Worthy's hand injury, huh? I've, yeah. Well, it's not really conspiracy theory. I've talked to people who also uh, looked at some of the medicals and are like, Felt, mm. felt like it was a little bit of Sark excuse making after the season. I thought it was completely unnecessary, but Sark wants to protect his guys. I get that, but I also don't believe it was a broken hand. I think that was an exaggeration. Interesting. All right, I like that conspiracy theory. Trey is with us on a Friday. That's a that's a scary thought for all of us out there. And we talk about Xavier Worthy in Miami being a fun fit. How about Jatavion Sanders going number thirty two, last pick in the first round? to the Kansas City Chiefs. Dude, JT Sanders getting to learn from Travis Kelsey, who's one of the best tight ends of all time, getting to play with Patrick Mahomes, who is off to the best start for an NFL quarterback of all time with Andy Reid. Oh, my God, that would be fun, wouldn't it? It would be. I heard you mention that Kelsey was 34 this season, too, which is a little bit surprising, but he has been at it for a while And it's crazy to think of just how productive he still is in his mid-30s at a position where obviously he not only has to run out and catch passes, but he does a lot of blocking too. So what better guy to learn from than maybe the best to do it all time for Jatavian Sanders if that's his situation. I'm not crazy about the first situation, Quinn going to Washington. Would love to see Xavier Worthy at Miami just because that would be just a sick receiving core, but I don't necessarily agree that's where he ends up. This is my favorite landing spot of the three Longhorns, BK. How, uh, yeah, me too. How feasible is it for JT Sanders to be a first round pick? Like a, a five star coming out of high school, 6'4, 240, uh, you know, showed us some things last year. I, I don't think Sanders did enough last year to where it's like, oh, this dude is for sure a future first round pick. Uh, I think he's going to have to have a better statistical year and show me a few more things, both as a pass catcher and maybe as a blocker as well, to where. I feel safe about calling JT Sanders a first-round pick. What do you think he needs to do in this offense to uh, to actually be in that conversation? Boy, that's a great question because he does have the NFL stature. That has been the case going back to high school. And he did set uh, tight end receiving records here for the Longhorns last season. And so he eclipses a couple of guys who made a nice living with that NFL paycheck. Now, unfortunately for Jermichael Finley, that was cut short by a neck injury, but both Finley and David Thomas uh, were really good pass catchers here at Texas and went on to have great NFL careers. I'm not totally sure getting close to a thousand yards receiving, but even that might be a stretch because there are so many different guys to throw the football to. I just think it's a, a knack for making big plays and continuing to improve as a blocker. He's not a bad blocker per se by any means but it doesn't come as natural to him as catching the football so if he continues to take steps in that direction which I believe that he will he's going to set himself up to be either a day one or day two selection yeah JT Sanders is the second tight end off the board according to Matt Miller no surprise who's number one Brock Bowers out of Georgia there's nothing Sanders can do this year that will uh, supplant Brock Bowers like that that dude's the number one tight end in the class that guy could sit out this season and he'd still be the first tight end taken in 2024. But, hey, JT Sanders being in that mix could be the second-best tight end in college football this year and obviously could be the uh, second tight end off the board when we get to next April. So I'm excited, man. Like, if this happens, obviously, if Texas has three first-round picks on offense, this offense is taking a big step from what it was a year ago, and it's going to be pretty damn special. Yeah, look, if you're an electric pass catcher at tight end coming out of college, teams will consider you high in the draft if you are that good. We saw it with Dalton Kincaid in the Bills last year. They went first round with him. And JT Sanders, it's not a one-to-one comparison, but he has that sort of talent as a pass catcher. And he already proved that last year. So continue taking those strides. Teams will look and understand, even if his numbers go down a tick, because you do 
have A.D. Mitchell on the team right now, and you expect Jonte Cook to do some nice things too, as well as Xavier Worthy, the previously mentioned Xavier Worthy, uh, hopefully having a bounce-back campaign too. But uh, the proof is in the pudding with Jatavian Sanders, even if those numbers do go down, because I imagine the quality of the plays that he is making does go up at least a little bit. 34.5 points per game for this Texas offense last year. Not going to get it done. They, they got to get to 40, and uh, I think they'll definitely be at 40-plus if all three of these guys are even in discussions to be first-round picks next offseason. We haven't even talked about A.D. Mitchell yet, and I guess A.D. Mitchell has enough of an injury history that he isn't, concerned, uh, or isn't considered a first-round pick necessarily, but if he does stay healthy this year and goes over, I don't know, 1,200 yards receiving – not only has big play capability, but shows that he is really good at catching, uh, high-pointing the ball, catching it in traffic, catching it over the middle of the field. He may put himself into contention as a prospective first-round draft pick for Texas. Agreed. So Matt Miller giving the Longhorns some love. Once again, three first-rounders in his 2024 preseason mock draft. He's got Quinn Ewers going eight to Washington, Xavier Worthy going 18 to Miami, and then JT Sanders going to Kansas City with the uh, final pick of the first round. Hey, quick shout-out to uh, Dr. Eckert. He's tuning in right now. Just text me. Right. He's listening on the app. Hoping to get Dr. U as a, a big part of Texas Sports Unfiltered moving forward. And, Trey, we've got a recorded commercial to play. Played this this morning. It's from our guy Tom McKay and his daughter, the kid McKay. I don't, I don't know if that's a God-given name. That's just uh, what I call her and what other people call her. But I uh, want to play this uh, recorded spot for AV Consultations right here. Hi, this is Tom McKay with Audiovisual Consultations. And Camilla McKay. Kid, what time is it? Old man, it's back to sports time. The hockey and football seasons are upon us. And baseball is winding down to the best part. And what about basketball season? I'm 5'2". Who the hell cares about basketball? Yeah, we're talking about watching, not playing. And in that case, you've got everyone covered, right? That's right. Audiovisual Consultations has been providing awesome systems and service throughout Texas for over 30 years. Installing home entertainment systems and livening up restaurants with Incredible audio and video systems. We're talking multi-screen video walls. And home entertainment that puts you in the best seat in the stadium. Just give us a call at 512-255-8678. Hey, aren't you forgetting something? Oh, yeah, I almost forgot. Hug your kids until they beg you to stop. Watch a game with your friends. And make love to whoever the hell you want. Just give us a call at 512-255-8678 or visit us at avconsultations.com. Go Stars! Go Bruins! Kid. Love it. Come on. Shout out to AV Consultations. Many thanks to them for their support of Texas Sports Unfiltered. So I had the pleasure of hearing the early version of that spot a couple days ago. I had Tom and Camilla over into the home studio for our weekly recording session and playing those conversations mostly on Friday nights on the ESPN show, The Night Talker. They've been fun conversations too. And I think that's part seven of seven is the best of those efforts. So do turn, tune in tonight, 1027 ESPN, to hear that. And obviously, BK, you and I are extremely fond of uh, Tom and his entire family, and that includes his, uh, his very bright daughter, who is destined for uh, much bigger things than, uh, than YouTube famous before it's all said and done. Yeah, yeah, she's uh, way smarter and way more mature than I'll ever be, which is, uh, you know, disappointing. But good for her. She's actually going to amount to something in life one of these days. Shout out to AV Consultations. Shout out to Zentex Tickets as well. If you need tickets to any Longhorn game this year, Zentex Tickets has you covered. We're going to be giving away a pair of Texas Rice tickets on this channel next week. Yeah, we're going to get you into the game for the home opener against Rice next weekend. And, hey, if you don't win, you can still buy tickets at Centextickets.com. College football, the NFL, Major League Baseball, F1, it does not matter. Any sport, all year round, they've got 100% guaranteed tickets on site all of the time. Check them out at Centextickets.com. Okay, Trey, what should we do next? Do we want to get to these uh, bold predictions that you have, or do we want to talk about this uh, food story from my homeland? Oh, my gosh. Uh yeah, let's go with the food story from your homeland. All right. Well, a restaurant in Israel 
has stirred up an S storm after basically they've become famous for serving ice cream in a certain way. I will show you the picture of what I'm talking about and obviously let everybody watching on YouTube right now see exactly what I'm talking about. And then um, we'll talk about what's going on and I'll give a few more details about this thing. So here we go. That is the dessert being served up at Gordo's just south of Tel Aviv in Israel. And it is a toilet-themed vessel containing, that is, chocolate ice cream. Okay. And it's literally served like that to where it's splattered around the bowl. That's not like the you know, the people you see in the picture there, like, oh, they did that themselves to try to make it look like shit. No, like that is how it is served, and it is served in that toilet. Yeah, it looks like a toilet at ACL Fest or Pick a Music Festival. Yeah, exactly. The porta pot that uh, Bucky went into at his uh, high school reunion when they didn't think he was important enough to get to go in his high school, even though he's allegedly a Hall of Famer there. That's that's going to be what the toilet looks like at any 50-year high school reunion once that group <laughs> is done with it. Oh, would you um would you order this? Would you eat this? I mean, it is just chocolate ice cream at the end of the day and you know, that's enjoyable, but Served up like this, would you uh, try your hand at this dish? I would, because one of the fun parts of eating is letting your palate experience something where your mind may be playing tricks on you. And obviously, presentation is a big part of whatever the food is that you're eating. I know that often it gets equated to fine dining, but there is an art form to presenting your meal in an appetizing manner. But there is also the ironic belief that you can make something that's delicious look disgusting to where it actually physiologically ends up tasting better once you show the guts, no pun intended here, to uh, to go there and actually try a bite. What are you talking about? This is disgusting. I'm not eating this. I'm getting any other dessert in the world over this, dude. This is nasty. Is it because it reminds you too much of your own toilet after you're eating cocktail <laughs> all times a week? Yeah, honestly, yes, it does. That's why I don't want to eat this. I don't start eating out of my toilet after using the bathroom. That's what this looks like, okay? This literally looks like a public bathroom. You know I have here of public bathrooms anyway. Oh, yeah. I'm not eating out of any of those, and I'm sure as hell not eating out of this one either. This is nasty. Yeah, I mean, it, it looks disgusting. I, there aren't many, many things that I see if it's supposed to be a good food item where I'm like, this, this is truly abhorrent. But because, look, a lot of restaurants serve good food on porcelain, they're just taking that to the next level, that they have these porcelain toilets that are probably sold as real toilets, by the way. Ugh, that you used? Hope, that you hope. <laughs> I mean, you, you'd want to talk about used underwear not being a road worth going down. Ugh. Used toilet that is being recycled as a serving dish is that times infinity. Dude, if they're doing that, this restaurant needs to be shut down and everybody who works there needs to be given 25 to life. I mean, that there's no way that's happening, right? Please tell me there's no way that's happening. I don't think that's happening. I think that they probably did find these toilets from a is it a Home Depot? Is it a toilet sales store? Do they have toilet sales stores? I think they are getting these things fresh though, to where assuming somebody hasn't uh done the business on the showroom floor. Uh, in said <laughs> toilet that uh, that these are probably pretty spick and span here. Uh, yeah, there's the side shot of uh, the porcelain bowl that the chocolate ice cream is served in at this restaurant just south of Tel Aviv in Israel. That is unbelievable, dude. Oh, my God. I, I, they should have taken it a step further also and had like some, I don't know, green tea mixture. Ugh. Very bottom of the bowl that complements the ice cream. 
I've been told that they are serving fountain drinks out of bidets at uh, this restaurant as well. So it's not just uh, the ice cream that you get out of a toilet kind of concept. You're getting your drinks out of the bidet sprayer too. Have you ever used a bidet? I have. Yeah, my uh, my parents actually have one, and it they're so they, they've got a very advanced one. There are too many buttons. I I I don't know how it works. And I can't get the water to stop, and it's, so I just stop using. It. Like I'm scared of that toilet. I mean, like, like literally, I'm. I, I think I'm less scared of a porta pot toilet than I am the uh, super nice toilet my parents have at home because I just don't know how to use the damn thing. So look, I don't necessarily agree with the porta pot experience. That is one of the speaking of vile. That is one of the most vile places you can find yourself on planet Earth. But as you may remember, when COVID got started. A lot of people were going out and buying stores out of the toilet paper. I invested in a bidet, and that bidet is still in the uh, in our master bathroom. And unfortunately, BK, I don't think I installed it incorrectly. This may have just been a cheap product. It only has one speed, and that one speed makes you feel like you are getting readied to do time in Shawshank prison. <laughs> unfortunately, I mean, it is a power wash. On the Ennis, and it does. I mean, it gets you clean, but it also doesn't feel very good to where I've had to retire from bidet usage, at least the one in my master bathroom. Does your wife use it? <laughs> Not to my knowledge. Mm, so you still have it plugged in and installed, you just don't touch it anymore. It's just there. No, I'm afraid. Yeah, no, like, I don't want to lose skin down there. <laughs> Oh my God. You buy the cheapest one. Would you get it used? Did you go to Goodwill and get a bidet? What are you doing? Slightly above used toilet in terms of uh, viability to purchase the used bidet. No, I mean, I, I bought one on Amazon. I tried not to go cheapest. I looked at reviews, but they may have just rigged that system. So, um, or maybe I just installed it incorrectly. There's always that possibility, too. I am not the handiest of people when it comes to uh, household projects. No, you're not. Well, the easiest low-hanging fruit ever, but what a shit show that is out there in Israel. My God. Come on, Israel. Be better. You're representing my people. You're representing a lot of different people. Do, do something better than that. That is disgusting, man. Now, uh, you are a bigger Sandler fan than I am, including watching some of the more recent movies. Hey, watch Grown Ups 2. That can happen. Do you have any idea what Travis is referencing there? I do not. Okay. Never saw Grown Ups 1. And I always get weary when Adam Sandler makes sequels because, you know, my, my people, we don't like sequels that much. You know the deal. Mm -hmm. You know how it works with us. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. So there's that story. I don't know which advertiser wants to be mentioned in association with that. Yeah, we uh, need to save Tom McKay for this one. <laughs> yeah, we probably should have. He'd probably like it. Uh, relax the back. Okay, if you're in pain, I, I don't know if they can help with that type of pain. They can help with back pain, and they can help make your life a hell of a lot easier. And Trey, obviously, you can provide a, a perfect testimonial of just that. That's right, BK. I mentioned this uh, on the show a couple of days ago, but I am currently searching for standing desks. And yes, the place I have gone is Relax the Back. Now they have the nicer, fuller setup option that ranges anywhere from uh, over a thousand bucks all the way into the four to five thousand range. But if you're looking for something a little bit more cost effective, they've got the table topper that is three hundred and also serves that same purchase. Uh, a purpose rather that may be what I have to go with short term, or I may make that investment. I know that if I do make that bigger investment though, that relax the back has served me so well over the years, it will do exactly what I need it to. And my back will be better off for it. My relationship with relax the back goes back 10 to 15 years at this point. I've bought so many massage tools over the years. This chair that you see right now wanted it the mullet open. My brother did, and I paid him a couple hundred bucks for it and plenty of other things. Find out for yourself by going to relaxtheback.com to see all the different items that they offer up. And then you can find a relax the back near you. Absolutely. Relaxtheback.com is the website. As you mentioned, we thank them for their support of Texas Sports Unfiltered. And yes, the mullet open will continue. Uh, the Bucks getting things ready to roll for the 23rd Mullet Open coming up next year. Can't wait to be a big 
part of that. A uh, shout out to Altstadt Beer as well. Hey, if you're eating ice cream out of a toilet, Hopefully you're not. Hopefully you're eating something better than that. Uh, Altstead beer is the perfect accompaniment for whatever food you're eating. If you're getting pizza for the football this weekend, if you're grilling out this weekend, burgers and dogs, whatever, Altstead is perfect for whatever food that you are downing. And, hey, college football is here. You need a great beer for your tailgates, for your watch parties, to get you through football season. Make that beer Altstead beer. They've got a number of different brews, something for every beer drinker out there, so everybody is going to be happy. They've got the six-packs. They also have the 15-packs. That's right. The Altstead party packs are available wherever you buy your beer as well. I'm telling you, one sip, and you won't go back to the other beers that you have been drinking in the past. Check out their website for more information, but more importantly, get you some Altstadt. And please, whatever you're doing this weekend, drink it responsibly. It is Altstadt beer, no impurities, no regrets. Trey, what do you want to do next? We've got uh, the bowl projections or the Brett Yormark comments to get into before where are we at in society. Let's talk Yormark, but real quick, BK, uh, Texas has gotten through fall camp fairly unscathed in terms of injuries. Oh, um, that, um, oh gosh, why am I forgetting our Nickelback's name? Jade Barron uh, suffered a lower leg injury earlier in camp, and they were being precautionary with him. And they were also keeping Jalen Catalan on a snap count for obvious reasons. But thanks to Inside Texas for first reporting this one, I guess, yesterday. Looks like uh, inside linebacker Maurice Blackwell is expected to miss several weeks with a knee injury. Now, this is a guy that was looked at as a potential starter, but according to a Facebook post by his mom, he tore his MCL and will be out for up to a month. So a position group that is searching for some answers right now has uh, one less potential answer to fill in the blank. That's a bummer. You're right. There's not a lot of depth for Texas at linebacker outside of Jalen Ford and Maurice Blackwell is a really, really good athlete, a little bit undersized compared to, you know, what you expect in your prototypical linebacker in college football, but uh, a guy who's shown some flashes during his Texas career and a guy who, yeah, had the chance to be that other linebacker opposite Jalen Ford. So uh, yeah, Texas loses a guy in the rotation. There's not a lot out there on this. So uh, shout out to inside Texas for the report. I literally just searched Maurice Blackwell's name on Twitter or X or Z or whatever the hell I'm supposed to call it now, and uh, nothing nothing is popping up on this. So this is not super widely known to this point, uh, and this sucks because, yeah, this is a guy who was expected to be an even bigger contributor this year, and Texas won't get to have him for a month of the season, which obviously includes that uh, big road trip in Tuscaloosa in week two. Yeah, he's played in 22 games. Actually does have four starts as well. 14 career tackles, one tackle for a loss. And folks may remember, maybe we don't remember this one because who cares about Oklahoma State at this point? He did uh, block a punt versus Oklahoma State last year too. Mm. And let's I know you just mentioned it. Uh, the guys who are going to be responsible for filling in for Overshone, now it needs to be the David Benda show early in the season because Anthony Hill isn't quite there just yet in terms of being a, an every-down linebacker at that position. So David Benda's got to figure it out. I mean, all accounts are that he is making his way there, but he's going to be facing a serious test week two in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. The uh, importance of David Benda just went up even more. He was already going to be one of the more important players on this Texas defense, but you're right. You lose some depth behind him, and uh, yeah, Texas needs him to be a little bit more consistent than what he's been. He's got to be better with those first steps, too. Sometimes some false steps that Benda has taken has gotten him in trouble during his Texas career. Uh, Hopefully he's got this defensive scheme down a little bit more, and uh, hopefully he can take a step this season as well because the Horns are going to need him. All right, let's talk a little Brett Yormark, BK. Yes, let's, Trey. We've got the video from a couple of days ago, I think just about every Longhorn fan, I think just about every college football fan has seen this at this point, but we will play it again to provide some context for what we're talking about here. Earlier this week, Big 12 Conference Commissioner Brett Yormark was in Lubbock. He was speaking to a gathering of Texas Tech alumnus, fans, and boosters at the Red Raider Club. That's a club that I don't want to get into because you don't leave that without the rash, and that's that's something that nobody wants. Here is uh, the Conference Commissioner. 
um, saying some very not-so-subtle mean things about the University of Texas. Candidly, we were able to get Texas and Oklahoma out a year early. That was a big deal for us, and I think all of you, okay? And Coach, I'm not going to put any pressure on you, but I'm going to be in Austin for Thanksgiving, okay? And you better take care of business like you did right here in Lubbock last year. God, the more I watch that, the more I am amused and impressed with your mark and just his his timing, his delivery. That was clearly rehearsed, but he's got all the mannerisms down to go along with the inflammatory language, too. Yeah, he knew what he was doing. That was clearly calculated. Now, I think he's pretty stupid for saying what he said. And those comments I think you can make to Joey McGuire just in passing. I don't think you should be saying the quiet part out loud where you're saying that when you know people are going to be filming you and posting that immediately to social media right after you're done. So it was calculated. It wasn't on a whim. Your Mark knew what he was doing and he wanted to get people talking. And obviously he succeeded in that regard. But I think it's borderline moronic for a conference commissioner to come out and basically say that he's openly rooting against teams in his conference. That's dumb. That's a bad look. So you think it's stupid because he's openly rooting against Texas and Oklahoma? Yeah. Like, uh, aren't you supposed to promote fairness and equality for the student athlete? Isn't this about the student athletes, right? Like, if I'm a student athlete at Texas or OU, I'm like, oh, shit, we're not going to get any breaks this year. That's the conference commissioner, the guy who's in charge of everybody in this league. Now, now we're not – I don't think any Texas or Oklahoma fan thought that we were going to be getting favorable calls in any sport this year. But now you've got the conference commissioner basically saying that he wants you to lose. Like, isn't this about the student-athlete, Trey? Isn't it supposed to be at least about the student-athlete? Yeah, but let's not also act like there's any love lost coming from Texas and Oklahoma towards the conference either. It's, it's a little bit of a tit-for-tat situation, and I look at this as very much a showman moment for – Brett Yormark, because what was the point of what he said? Maybe to put Texas and OU people on blast or put them on notice, but it was also to make sure that the Big 12 is one of the main college football conversations happening this year and that people are paying closer attention to what is happening in conference play, especially certainly that last weekend of the season where Texas Tech is going to be here in Austin um, I don't necessarily consider it to be stupid, though. It, it certainly is calculated, and maybe it is a little bit disrespectful, but he is, uh, he's also playing up, um, playing up his desire to have the Big 12 as a predominant part of the college football conversation, even though they are looked at like a little bit of a, a little brother right now, especially once Texas and OU leave the conference, too. I, just, I, I can't recall a time I've ever heard a conference commissioner say anything close to this. Like, I'm not going to disagree with you. Like, there was some showmanship going on here, clearly. And once again, your mark knew what he was doing. But it, it, this is not, like, how you're supposed to operate as a guy who's supposed to be unbiased. Like, once again, we, we know. We saw it last year. Texas and Oklahoma were not getting favorable calls last year. And you figured it's only going to get worse because this is the final year of those two teams in the league. But, man, you can't, you can't say the quiet part out loud, dude. You can't just be openly – like, that's just – that's not doing your job. Uh, Texas and Oklahoma are still in the league. If you want to dunk on them publicly all you want after this year, whatever. But I don't know, man. To me, that's – that's pretty uh, low class by Brett Yormark. See, I don't consider it low class either. I, I consider it amusing. And now you just love this guy. You, you love this guy. You're trying to get hired by Brett Yormark somehow. You're promoting him to be the uh, college football commissioner if we ever have one of those. You just like Yormark, man. He can't do any wrong for you. I think Brett Yormark is in a position with this conference where he needs to be willing to take a little bit more chances and do things that are out of the ordinary. And let's be honest, if it was Bob Bowlesby who was up there on the dais uh, speaking to the Red Raider Club and hopefully trying not to catch something that doesn't rub off, not only would we have not heard that, it would have been so fucking boring. We would have had no idea (laughs) that he was in Lubbock. Brett Yormark is operating from a position where he needs to be a little bit uh, less risk adverse and more willing to take chances and he took a chance right here and maybe it wasn't the most professional thing but I also don't necessarily want to model professionalism after the 
old fucking white guys who have been running college football and college sports for the last few decades now. Brett Yormark is a forward thinker. It was maybe a little bit out of place, but as somebody who loves rivalry in college sports and thinks it's part of what makes the sport for so fun, after all, Texas OU is my favorite game every year. I've gone to nearly 30 of those things in my lifetime. Like Part of that is because of the hate. He's fostering a little bit of hate, a little bit of rivalry between Texas and Texas Tech, and I'm going to be really excited to go to that game uh, that last Friday of the season and root my heart out for Texas to uh, to make Brett Yormark look even worse because they do win when it's all said and done. Hope he's got extra security on uh, that Black Friday here in Austin. And God, there's nothing I would love more than that clown to have to hand Steve Sarkeesian the Big 12 championship in the Longhorns, uh, Big 12 championship trophy in the Longhorns final year in this league. Hey, can, can I ask you this question, BK? Because Kevin brought up a great point on the abbreviated midday show yesterday because of my fucking stupidity. Um, <laughs> but uh, Kevin said that he's actually considering adjusting his ex- expectations for the team this year because of the likelihood that you are going to be facing two different opponents each game during conference play. He's got a point there. So now I, I am, I'm not excusing an eight and four record necessarily, but I think we also do need to make sure that we're not just paying attention to the outcome, but we're watching what is happening in those games as we judge the results at the end of the season. I brought it up last year, Texas and Oklahoma opponents combined had just one offensive holding penalty called all season long. One. Like that is ridiculous. That that's not. I mean, you watch a sixty-minute football game. There's at least four or five holds that need to be called. You, some people say holding happens on every play. There's like at least four or five that probably need to be called on every team, every single game. We're talking about one for an entire season for two teams combined. So yeah, no, Texas is going to have to play two opponents. Now, obviously, the easy thing is, hey, just beat them by 21 to where the refs can't be a factor in a close game late in the fourth quarter, but you're not going to beat everybody on this schedule by two or three touchdowns. You're obviously going to play in close games. That's how football works at any level. Uh, You just hope Texas doesn't get completely shafted and you hope there isn't a call or a couple of calls that are out there that you feel like prevent you from getting to Arlington at the end of the year. That's right, Rocky Mountain Frenchie. Embrace the hate. It's going to be there all year long. It's there most years anyhow. We're Texas after all. Everybody considers us to be a rival, and we have very few actual rivals. So embrace the hate. Embrace the bad calls if that's possible. Uh, don't. I don't want to embrace those, man. The ref show? No, thank you. Embrace it in terms of using it as added motivation to do your damn job uh, between those uh, 60 minutes each Saturday. And uh, Phillip says he's just butthurt. I don't actually agree with that. I think that Brett Yormark is looking out for those who will be a part of this after this year. And he's, uh, he's inspired a lot of enthusiasm within fan bases who will still be a part of the Big 12 after this season because he knows uh, even if Texas and OU are here for one more year, where his rooting interests truly lie long term. Hey, Brett, since you hate Texas and Oklahoma so much, how about you give back some of the money that those two schools have made you during your tenure as conference commissioner? You realize you only have a job and you only have that salary because of Texas and OU, right? <laughs> like, that's that's a real thing, believe me. So, yeah, man, I don't know. I, I didn't like it. Like, this isn't apples to apples, but imagine Roger Goodell just going into a room full of Giants fans and telling Brian Dable, hey, man, I hope you guys beat the crap out of the Cowboys this year. Like, what? That You're not supposed to say that as a commissioner. That's not your job to have rooting interest. That's not how this is supposed to work. What if it, What was the team that you just used as a, an example? Giants and Cowboys. And he's saying, he's saying root for the Giants to beat the Cowboys? Yeah, he's telling Brian Dayball in a room full of Giants fans in New York that he hopes that they beat the Cowboys this year. Okay, what if, just stick with me here, what if mm-hmm. uh, within the last year, Jerry Jones has announced that the next season will be the last year the Dallas Cowboys are playing in the NFL. They're starting an NFL Europe League or a different European <laughs> League, and the Cowboys are going to be a part of that, and they're going to have no affiliation with the NFL. Would you be a little bit more understanding of it then? No, because I don't want to prove you right. (laughs) (laughs) That's the the only reason I'm saying no. 
Oh, man. All right. Keep the comments coming. Obviously, Trey and I are on opposite sides of the spectrum here. Uh, plenty of uh, fun debate can be had about Brett Yormark's comments from earlier this week. And yeah, look, Texas, Texas Tech, to me, that's a rivalry. I think that game at the end of the year just got uh, that much more intense because of what Yormark said uh, earlier in the week. Before we shift gears and get to our final segment of the show, a couple of more sponsor shout outs. How about 7 Eleven? Yeah, 7 Eleven is your go to convenience store for summer, but also for football season. All the beer, all the snacks. All the nachos, the pizza, the hot dogs, the taquitos, they've got it all at 7-Eleven. And they're all over the place, too. All over Central Texas, all over the Metroplex, all over the Houston area. Go to your nearest 7-Eleven and get stocked up for football season. Shout out to our guy, Ashish, who runs three different 7-Elevens here in Austin. Big Texas Sports Unfiltered fan, big Texas fan as well. Go say what's up to him. He will take care of you. Many thanks to 7-Eleven for joining us here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. Shout out to Wood Com- uh, Woods Comfort Systems as well. Uh, man, they just passed 60 years of service, providing the highest quality HVAC and plumbing services that you can find all throughout Central Texas. They are dedicated to keeping you and your family comfortable in every season. AC maintenance, repair, and installation. Obviously, when it gets colder, they can help with any heater problems you may have, and they've got plumbing services as well. Check them out online, woodscomfortsystems.com, or give them a call, 512-842-5066. Tell them you heard about it right here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. And one more shout-out to Top Gun rentals and lawn equipment if you need to get something done at home in the house in the backyard or at your place of business call our buddy brandon mars top gun rentals and lawn equipment they've got all of the tools you could need to tackle any job that you may have the biggest brands great prices rentals sales and supplies topgun.net we will shoot you straight okay just past 1250 which means it's time for where are we at in society today that is right. It is your regular look at stories that show we as a people are headed in the wrong direction. Very occasionally, I will give you a story that provides a sense of optimism that has us all saying to ourselves, hey, maybe we as a people are starting to figure something out. I actually considered such a story today, but ultimately, BK, today is not that day Mm. and may i ask you to fire up a video from either episode one or two involving a guy who spent fourteen thousand dollars to dress up like a collie yes you can (laughs) (laughs) yeah just as funny today as it was on day one what do you think he's saying there before that wave after he falls on the ground, but before the wave, because that mouth is moving. He's intentionally trying to communicate some sort of message to us. Have a good day. He can't talk. I don't know. He's a dog. He's not allowed to speak. Maybe he's barking a little bit, but he's, he's either panting or barking. That's all he's allowed to do. I've got to find that Japanese guy and try and book him on this show. We may have to book an interpreter too, depending on what his English skills are. But I, I have some questions that uh, Tokito or whatever his name is may, may have answers to. Well, we have another example now of somebody who is attempting to spend their time as something other than human. Yes, welcome to 2023. This is sadly much more commonplace than most of us would care for it to be. But we have a woman who apparently daily tries to pass herself off as a mermaid. Let's make sure that you can see this picture here, BK. Can you oh, see that picture? Yeah, we got it. Can you still see that picture? Can still see that picture. All right. That is Nikki Wegloop. She is 19. She loves the water. And she's decided to turn her passion for being in the water into a profession as a mermaid and also a qualified scuba diver. Wegloop lives in Spain and spends her days swimming the shores as a stunning mythical creature in her custom made tail with the hopes, with hopes of inspiring others to get into the seas a little bit more at some point. So old. go ahead. This is just what she does. Like she spends her free time wearing that and going out and swimming. That's right. She says, huh. 
Brooke is a scuba diver. I am always in or around the ocean ever since I was little. Stories about mermaids and movies and books about them always fascinated me. And when I got to an age where I could understand mythology, it was all I would read about. So you may be asking yourself at this point, because that looks like a pretty good mermaid outfit that she actually does uh, go into the water with, by the way, and swims with this thing. So how much would something like this cost? Any guesses? How much would something like this cost? Um, well, the dog costume was about fifteen thousand dollars, right? Insane. And that was that was a full on costume, right? That wasn't just a top half, bottom half situation here. That guy was full dog. He wasn't mer dog. Um, I'll go with ten thousand dollars. Fair guess. Ironically. Even though mermaids are mythical creatures, the mermaid fin is significantly cheaper than the collie outfit. The turquoise fins that you see her wearing right now cost 500 bucks. Her tail is nearly five feet long and weighs 11 pounds. Which I don't she, know can, she can swim? Like, no problem with that? Yeah, let me, uh, let me scroll down here to, well, there she is in non-mermaid life. And here's her swimming in the water right here. Oh, my God. <sighs> now, she's also looking to upgrading, BK, because she said that while this fin is nice, you can never have too many mermaid fins, which is what my mom used to tell me back in the day. <laughs> uh, she is going to have to shell out a little bit more money to upgrade on the fins, though. Apparently, she's looking at one right now that costs closer to $5,000. Wow, what's the difference? Like, it just looks cooler. I mean, that thing looks pretty professional right there. Like, that that does look like the bottom half of the mermaids that you see in movies and whatnot. Yeah, I don't actually have the uh, the difference. I just assume that it's more durable material, maybe. A more durable synthetic material that she gets to wear and maybe more sparkles also. How old did you say she was? 19. All right, I would. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't blame you for that at all. It's a cool, cool fantasy thing, you know, the whole mermaid bit. Oh man, this this is about to be maybe the worst question I have ever or will ever ask you. Where where does it go? <laughs> uh, I'm trying really hard. I, I just filtered myself. I apologize to the to the purity of the name, but I just did just filter myself there. Can oh, she where not does it go, BK? Can she not take off the fin tail thing? No, you got to keep the tail on. That's part of the fantasy. Yeah, well, I guess it's a top half deal that we're getting into. Sorry about that, mermaid. Uh, I don't I don't know where I go either. I don't know. That's a great question. I don't know how that works. Uh, no, no one's ever really known how that works, right? I think we've all wondered, but which which half do you pick? I guess there's only one choice, right? Hmm. Does, does a gill work? I don't know. Let me ask you this. Would you rather, you're married, would you rather sleep with top half fish, bottom half human, or bottom half fish, top half human? Well, I guess it depends on what's happening before sleep time. Yeah. I don't know. Like I don't if, that know. Thing, if that thing hasn't been descaled, that's not just going to chafe. It's going to leave some marks. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, I'm glad she actually has a real job as a scuba diver, you said. So she makes money doing that. And this is just a little side hobby, this whole mermaid deal. Yeah, it's a total hot. Well, I mean, she can probably get paid for this, by the way. I mean, you just mentioned that there is a uh, there are a lot of fetishes out there. I mean, there are people who will probably just pay her to to swim around in the ocean or even a local spanish swimming pool only fans right there she's got some money to be making on that deal oh can you pull up the picture one more time so we can show uh chip and zay before we hand it off to them yes sir i want to get want to get uh their thoughts on on this deal gentlemen how are we doing today what up fellas you right. take a look at uh, this mermaid woman who spent what five hundred bucks? You said Trey, five hundred bucks 
on this mermaid costume and she goes around the waters of Spain wearing that and swimming in that in her spare time. Um, she looks good. You know, whatever makes you happy, fellas. It's Friday. I'm feeling I'm in a good move. I'm not going to bash old girl. She looks happy. And her pretend to be a mermaid and act like Ariel to impress people. Good for her. Good for her. Chip, I think you're muted, brother. We can't hear you. I do agree with that, Zay. Yeah, she's not doing anybody any harm. Let her play out this fantasy. It's probably going to become a behavioral issue in a few years. But yeah. <laughs> but maybe uh, this is like suiting for her, though. Like maybe this is something that she needs to calm her down and get her away from real life things. So she like, you know, with her getting away, being a mermaid and stuff, she escapes from the world and the darkness that is in the world and the universe that we got going on here. That's right. Furbies, they dress like very creatures for a reason. All right. Y'all get out of here, man. Uh, All right. We're done. Hopefully Chip's mic's working. If not, it's Zay, but it's Chip Uh and Zay from one to three. Y'all have fun, fellas.